What is up? What's going on? This is Billy Cheek, and this is my first podcast for my class of argumentation and debate, Speech 260. And uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to try my best, and I'll try to have a good time. So on this week's readings, I got the pleasure to read two articles, one called The Rhetorical Situation, and the other, er, What Does Argument Culture Look Like, by David Servarsky, and the other one, uh, didn't say his last name, is Lloyd F. Bitzer. Now, the first one I read was called The Rhetorical Situation. And it's pretty much breaking down the importance of how we react and speak on situations. Like it goes off to talk about a dangerous situation. You only know a situation is dangerous due to if the way someone says it, how it threatens them or threatens someone else. Or, you know, the words that they use that are correctly responding to the situation at hand because someone or something is in danger or if something is embarrassing you react to it a certain way and speak on a certain way to translate to someone else that something embarrassing happened to you but they'd only know it's embarrassing by the way that you present it and speak it now if you're like i felt like i fell down walking up the stairs today like uh, it hurt a little bit, but I was okay. Or if you're like, I fell down the steps. I fell down. I fell on the steps today. While everybody was coming out of class, and a lot of people saw me, it hurt so bad. Now that seems embarrassing compared to the first thing that I said. And the and the, these type of things became very apparent to me while I read throughout this article, just basing off different um situations and the way you speak on urgencies depending on the situation. Like um, he brings up. A lot of good speeches like the Declaration of Independence, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, the Churchill's Address on Dunkirk, John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. And all these speeches had this sense of urgency. They might, obviously, they're different and they're like speaking on different things in different situations. But each time the rhetoric, uh, he goes on to say, the rhetoric and, and, of, and each indicates the presence of the situation the way they speak on the specific time and place that they are at and the situation they are in it brings the urgency it bring it makes the audience feel what that needs to be felt now if there's like if someone says yeah there's um there's someone outside he you know he, he looks I don't know, kind of weird, whatever. I don't know, I'm about to go to bed. Or you're like, hey, there's someone outside. It looks really creepy. Uh, It looks like, I don't know if he has something in his hand. I don't know, I'm freaking out. Like, something needs to be done. Okay, then, yeah, there's a a situation at hand, but it didn't really seem like one the first time I presented it or I spoke it. Now, like, and he goes on to bring out, like, a lot of uh, theorists, and like people who wrote poetry and um rhetoricians i don't know how to say that word or i guess i'll have to get better at that 
And it just keeps bringing up different situational use to different arguments. Just like, so like, um, I mean, I didn't see him bring this up, but so like, uh, if you bring up the abortion topic, right. Or argument, um, if someone is going to bring up their topic of that, there's a baby in danger, that's their urgent situation. Like there's a baby inside that is, it's life is, could be taken it's in danger, whereas someone would, for the pro-life, would, wouldn't argue that, whereas there is no danger at hand, there's just a fetus ball of tissue. So, like, depending on your view on it, you make it known by the urgency of the situation of if there's danger, if there's not, and the rhetoric of the situation makes the argument for what you stand for, because the basis of it all is what your rhetoric position is like is the situation dangerous are you sad about it are you angry about it and how are you going to present it how are you going to make it known nonchalant talking is not going to work when you're trying to make an argument or a statement on something that you believe to be as true or believe to be as right if there's no urgency behind what you're saying there's no strong addiction or strongness in your tone and your things are just mumbling together and it just doesn't seem like a big blah when you speak there's not going to be a real understand a real what's the word I'm looking for like it's not going to hit the audience where you want it to it's not going to strike across them as something that they should care about if you don't make it seem like it matters and as going on throughout this like talking about the rhetorical method and the discourse of it and um the rhetor just rhetorical situations a a rhetorical Rhetoric is situational and it just depends on what's going on. And this really ties in to the next reading by David Safarsky about the argument culture. Now, he breaks it down at the beginning into like, I want to say, I think five steps. And it kind of just takes it down, breaks it down to like what it really truly means to have an argument and how to properly speak on it to the culture, to speak to the audience how you want them to receive your message. I think earlier is what I was trying to say was receive the message. If they, if you don't speak on it properly, they're not going to receive it the way that you want it. So it has to be clear. You have to know who you're talking to. The term, he goes on to say, the term culture focuses on our attention, not on the arguments as a set of disbodied pr prepositions but on the people make people make and do when they argue so like the culture right so like the culture of how you speak it, the culture of what's going on who you're speaking to the embodiment of the situation right that's the culture of the argument huh. then he he goes on i'm trying to quote him here on um First, an argument culture assumes the presence of an audience and emphasizes its importance. So it has to like if I'm speaking to people or I'm arguing something and I, I don't acknowledge this culture and situation that I'm in, it's going to go over. It's going to it's not going to be taken. in. It's not going to be received the way I want it. I need to speak to who I'm talking to. I need to make sure it's it's hitting it where it's going to like last where it's going to matter if i go and argue the same argument in front of kids i should probably speak it like at an elementary school i should probably talk about it a little differently than i do if i go do it in front of a bunch of senior citizens or high schoolers 
like if I'm arguing, uh, like how let's say I'm bringing up that don't drink, it's not good for you, right? Alcohol and drugs or whatever. The way I speak about it, making this argument to children, it will be extremely different to how I'm gonna say it to college kids, high school kids, or even adults. The different you have to know your audience, you have to know your culture, you have to know your embodiment of people to properly speak it and deliver it to them. It makes sense. And I think like between the two of the how he brings up the rhetoric of the situation is like everything is situational based off the urgency of the situation and where you're at. And then I think this really kind of ties into who you're speaking to and like how how to make a proper argument kind of is the basis of where you're in, where you're at. Because, like, you can't engage in a deliberation if you don't know your audience. You don't know who you're arguing with, arguing for, arguing against. If you're not knowing, if you're unknowledgeable of the situation at hand, of who you're going to argue against, or who might be in the crowd, who might be against what you're speaking on, right? You got to think about those things. Like, if you're not... Like if I go speak to elementary kids, school kids about that, there's probably not going to be a lot of kids in there that are going to be strongly against what what I what I'm saying. Or there might be the kids that say, oh, my parents do it, it's fine." So how how am I going to speak to him? Speak to that kid? Or if I go to high school and there's kids who do it who think it's cool, how am I going to speak to them to make them see what I'm saying? Essentially. That this is kind of like the things that I've like were picking up on when I uh, when I read this. So like, and like, I mean, he, what he says is the um, the audience. This is what I was looking for. The audience consists of those people the arguer wants to influence. Uh, that was who he quoted of Parliament and Obrecht it's Taika. I don't know, nineteen sixty nine. Page, uh, page nineteen, and and they may or may not be those actually present. So yeah, so the people I'm talking about, right? Like when I was talking about those kids that have, might have parents that do it, or like, or who I might go to a high school where, where I might go to like some really uppity charter school, private school, whatever, where kids actually don't do those type of things. But there's a type of a lot of times you there's an audience you're looking to speak towards, right? And so I think that's something that you got to focus on like if you can convince this this person then you should be able to can um convince everybody in between or who would not as extreme as far as you think and i think everything is just kind of situational and just depends on how you go about speaking and how who you speak to and i really don't know how long this is supposed to be in my head i thought you said 5 minutes i'm not sure and I know this is getting to you a little bit later, but probably than you perceived or want it to. So it's kind of a little bit of a trial run. And I just want to say thank you for listening. I want to get better at interpreting these things. I, I, I read this last night before I fell asleep. I, I, next time I want to like read it and then immediately do the podcast. I feel like I'll speak a lot better on it. And um, I appreciate it. And I look forward to, for these to get getting better. And actually maybe be enjoyable for people to listen. Thank you and have a great day.